0: Well, guys, we are uh, talking about enduring today as we look at a little bit of Rocky action. But um, you know, there's really actually only one reason that Rocky put himself through all that, right? All of the enduring trials, the, the, the training and the sessions. And, um, and I think the best way to show you why he did that is instead of yeah, instead of me telling you, let's watch, right? This is why Rocky did all of the training, right here. Hard left in the right combination. What is keeping him up, Bill? I don't know. Can't even get his gloves up to protect right him. He's, He's the, the now, Bill. Down, down, stay down! Follow dancing around with his arms in the air! Five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay, okay. Apollo can't believe it. <laughs> Don't you love that guy? You gotta love Rocky. I I do have one question, though, every time I watch that movie. Why does he fight like this? (laughs) Did everybody ever wonder that? When the guy's pummeling you, you know, you might want to cover yourself up a little bit. But the reason that Rocky put himself through all of that intense training, the reason he suffered in his body was so that when the blows were coming, that he could actually last for 15 minutes rounds, right? And if you know the movie at all, he was the first guy who ever lasted 15 rounds against Apollo Creed. But the only reason he could last when he was getting pummeled, when the trouble and the hardship was coming right into his life, the only way he could last is because he had endured the hardship to that end. And then what happens, right? You keep watching because there's Rocky 2, 3, 4, 6, 9, 47, hut, hut, hut. Um, but eventually, he doesn't just last 15 rounds. Eventually, Rocky becomes the champion, okay? So we're gonna use that illustration today for what we're gonna talk about. How do you and I actually endure hardship in our life? And we're in a series, and we've, we've called it Be Reasonable, and we're taking it from Romans chapter 12. And let's just recap this again. Paul says, I urge you Brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. And when we think about God's mercy, if you, if the book of Romans, if you've read it for the first 11 chapters, Paul does this amazing job of explaining how much God loves you. and <laughs> everything that he would do for you, he would send his son to suffer, to endure, to actually be the sacrifice for our sin that literally would die and suffer in our place so that we could get reconciled back to God, so that you wouldn't have to try to do anything to be good enough to get God's favor. And it was all a gift. God has done everything for us as a gift so that we could be back in relationship with him. And he says, I urge you guys, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your reasonable service, the only Reasonable thing to do for somebody who would give up their life so you could live is to give your life back to them. That's the reasonable thing. Offer your body as a living sacrifice. But so then Paul goes on, and what we've been looking at is: well, how do you do that? What's it mean to offer myself? What's what's reasonable for me as a response to Jesus for what he's done for me? We've looked at a few things. It says, hate evil, love each other like family. Honor one another. Serve Jesus fervently. Last week, Mike did a phenomenal job on be joyful in hope. And today, the next phrase is endure hardship. In light of what Jesus has done for you, endure hardship. That word endure means to abide under, to remain in a place instead of leaving. And you remain all the way to the end. And so the word endure just assumes, even in its definition, it assumes there's misfortune, that there's trials, there's suffering. It's hard. And you know what's interesting, you guys, right? You don't have to endure a day at the beach in Hawaii, right? That's not, you don't endure that. You only endure things that are hard. Here's the interesting thing. I was talking this through with Susie this week, and I realized That you want to be, you want to endure like this and be super strong. But the truth is, if you're actually in a hardship and in suffering, if you're in troubles, the the reality is you're probably also feeling sad. You're probably discouraged. You could be really angry or frustrated. You could be filled with doubt. And the crazy thing to endure means that while you're feeling those things, even when you're in a place of sadness and grief or anger or frustration, you keep going. That's enduring. And then you're supposed to endure hardship. And that that word just simply means it it means oppressing together. So it's pressure, oppression. Words in the Bible are affliction and trouble. One guy just said, it's anything which burdens the spirit. And I I, I say this often, but I am so glad that Jesus said, hey guys, in this world, you're going to have trouble. And this is the word. It's the same word. And so while I was going over the notes, even while I was going over my notes today, I got a text from from a gal who knows two families, and I actually know the gentleman who's here um, whose families are still in Afghanistan, and they're trying to get them out. And they have actually helped America. They are under serious potential persecution and suffering and maybe death. And so right while I'm t- going over my notes, they, they thank us because finally they have an opportunity to get these two families out and get them to India. And so and their thing was, thank you for your prayers, Thank you that we're seeking God for these people who are under these afflictions. And so today, we remember 9 11. And we all do. Horrific. And also, you guys, the beginning of COVID. You know, two things happened. I'm sorry, one thing happened in both those situations when 9 11 happened and COVID happened. You know what happened? People turned to God. It was crazy. Man, how many people showed up at church after 9-11 was incredible. And when we had to go online immediately when COVID hit, it was like, people were just, because when hardship comes, when there's trouble that's in the world, when there are difficult things in your life and you have no control over them, you need something that's in control. You need someone who's bigger than that. You need someone who can help you endure. So, as we go into this today, what's your hardship? And maybe you're not in one. If you're not in one right now, you know somebody who is, and you know you've been in one. Is it health? Is it a health situation? I know it is right now for some of you. Is it financial struggles? Is it relational conflict? Is it persecution of your faith somehow? Is some of your troubles, your own addictive behaviors, failures in your life, are things not going as you expected them to be? You know, it was so interesting. This week, I was at a gathering with a bunch of, of, of pastors, and, uh, and then I had other conversations with pastors. You know what? Everybody who's a pastor in this valley, you know what their first thing is when they, when they meet me? How you doing? How you doing? Because every pastor knows that K2's been dealt a hand that we didn't think we were going to be dealt, right? We've had something happen that we weren't expecting. (laughs) And so we have a new hand that we're dealt. And, And seriously, I just want to say to all of you guys, all of you online, all of you who have been hanging with us, you are enduring something that many people just go, man, this is too hard, this is too weird, this is too difficult, But when you endure, and this is so, this is not even something that you just do personally, this is something that we do corporately. How do you endure something when things aren't going the way that you thought they were supposed to go? You know, um, in view of Christ, is what this, this passage says hold on, hold on, don't quit, and don't give up the faith. That is your reasonable response to Jesus because of what he's done for you. When I was talking this through with Susie, she asked a great question. She said, so what do we do when we don't endure? What do we do when we don't endure? And I thought, that's a great question. What what do we do when we quit or when we stop? Well, the first thing you do is you pull away from God, right? That's because you just don't know anymore. So you pull away from God. The second thing we do is we pull away from each other. So, you, so now all of a sudden, you, this, is, this is a great scheme of the enemy. He gets you to isolate yourself from God, and then he gets to isolate you from people right when you need God and others the most in your life. But when we quit, that's what we do. And then, you know what we do? We end up turning to something else in the midst of our hardship because we don't really believe that God is the one who's gonna be faithful and good and pull us through this. And there's so many other things we'll go to. This is many times where addictions start to happen because you know why? We just need a hip of dopamine. We just need something that's gonna make me feel better. Endure, you guys. Endure. How do we endure in the hardship? Well, I just wanna say, I, I looked up every scripture, that had these two words in it, endure and hardship in the New Testament. And here's what I found: it's gonna take a fight. It's gonna take a fight. And I told the guys, I go, you know, even if we didn't do the Rocky theme at all, this would have been my answer. It's a fight, you guys, to endure hardship. But look at the scripture. Second Timothy 4:7 says this. So this is Paul, who's written much of the New Testament. He's kind of at the end of his life, and here's what he says: I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. See that's endurance. I finished the race and I have kept the faith. Finishing and keeping he endured. And then he says this great little phrase, fight the good fight of faith. So here's why I want us to leave today, no one. You're going to have to fight to believe. You're going to have to fight to believe. And so I just want to say, if any of you are here today, and at this point, when hardship comes in your life, you actually, you don't have a personal relationship with God. I I just want to encourage you today that you can actually have God's presence in your life to give you a supernatural strength to endure when the hardships are coming, because none of us are escaping them every one of us is gonna face him. So I just wanna encourage you if, you, if you don't yet have God there, when a hardship comes, just listen and consider what he might do for you today, okay? And then, for all of us who are actually followers of Jesus, this message is actually for Christians. Because even for those of us who follow him, we have a hard time enduring when things get hard. And so today's message is for all of us In view of Christ, we're going to endure hardship. All right? So, three things to fight. Okay, here's the first fight that we're going to have to have. We have to fight to believe in the goodness of God. And I I sat through this even before I started studying for this message. I just thought, in my own life, what has caused me to be able to hang on with Jesus for 40 years? And here's the first one. you got to fight to believe in the goodness of God. You know why? Because the first thing that naturally happens right here when bad things happen in our life is immediately we go to, where's God? Why did he let this happen? And then we start to question, is he actually good? Does he actually care for me? Doesn't he love me? And then we just move, and the next thing you know, without even realizing it, we're thinking things like that. I don't think God's good. And if God's not good, you guys, then he's not trustworthy. And if you can't trust God, then you're going to find something else that you can. We, this is a fight. The enemy loves, right? Jesus told us he is the father of lies, and one of the biggest lies he wants to get us to believe is when the troubles come, you cannot trust God. He isn't good. So we got to fight for that one. Hebrews 12, 7, and then verse 10. says, endure hardship as training. God is treating you as His children. For what children are not trained by their father? They trained us for a little while as they thought best, but God trains us for our good, in order that we may share in His holiness. Okay? Can I just say, I'm gonna, I'm just wanna encourage you guys right now. Um, I know we're not like big note takers here and stuff. These these verses I'm gonna give to you, I personally absolutely have to cling to these. (laughs) Like I have to know these, and they are in my pocket, right? They are at the forefront of my mind, so that when trouble comes, these are the things I have to go back to and fight to believe on a regular basis. So I'm going to encourage you, man. Get out your phone, get on your notes, write them down, whatever you got to do. But this first one, because there's three things in here that help us to believe that God is good. Number one, he goes, I, I can read this, and I go, wait a second, I'm his child. And he's my dad. I'm his child, and, I, and he's my dad. Now, And here's what I know. Some of you in this room, you hear that and you go, okay, man, if he's like my dad, I definitely don't trust him. (laughs) So this isn't always a positive thing based on your personal experience, and I understand that. But I'm telling you, as a dad who has children, and two of them are here in this building today, it's like when I think about that, this is one of the things I know. It's I only want what's good for them. He's your dad and you're his kid. And then it says what? His training is for our good. That's what a good dad does. And you know what? My children love it when I train them. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Thank you, all you parents. No child loves this. Every child is like, that's just how we are with God. Because it's painful. The scripture says, it's never pleasant at the time. It's painful. But you know what? I am a crappy dad. If I'm not willing to let my children experience some pain and some things that aren't good to them in their life because it's ultimately good for them. And God does that for us. And then here's what's he doing. Look at the last thing. He says, he trains us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. You guys, this is the good thing that God is doing. And somehow, even in the hardships and the sufferings and the trials of our life, God uses these things and he trains us so that we'll share in his holiness, which means there's a lot of stuff in me and in you that's not like Jesus, you guys. There just is. And if it's all smooth sailing, you know what? We kind of stay right consumed with ourselves. So that's the first verse and then then look at this one. And this is so classic, but you guys, this is classic because it's so important. Okay? Listen to this. We know that in all things all things. Okay? What are you going through? All things God works for the good. Of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And there's the same three things, you guys. What do we have to fight to believe when it's hard? He says again, who am I? I'm his child. And the first one here, he goes, I'm one called by God according to his purpose. I'm a chosen one of God. I matter to him. My life matters to him. He knows me. He has chosen me. You've got to believe that about yourself. And then the second thing, what do we know about him? He works in all things for the good. In the other passage, he trains in these hard things for the good. And I'm telling you, I can't, I can't even count the number of mornings. And this is why I love it while it's still nice outside. <laughs> I'm bumming because it's starting to get cold and dark. But there's nothing more I love than sitting in my chair outside and while the sun rises, reminding myself again every single day, God is love and he can't do anything but love me. He is good. He cannot do anything that's wrong. He can't. And he's righteous. Everything he does is right. And the scripture tells you he is, In whatever you're going through, He is working in it. Now, he didn't cause it. God is not evil. There's evil in the world, and evil things are happening. The hardship and suffering many times is because of the evil that's going on. That's not God saying, I'm bringing that to you. God's saying, when that happens, what's he doing? What's he doing? He's going to work, and he's working for you. And he says, and I'll work good out of this. And that's how we endure Because we believe, we got to fight to believe that in this hard thing right now, he's working for the good. And then what's the good? He says, I'm conforming you into the image of my son. There it is again. He trains us for our good so that we'll share in his holiness, which means we'll actually be like God. And he's working in all things and the good thing he's doing in you. See, we're like, the good thing we usually want him to do for us is like, God, are you going to fulfill this like American dream for me? Right? Are you going to give me all the stuff I want and make me happy and put everything together? He's like, no, I actually have no interest in that at all. Did you guys know that God has no interest in the American dream at all? He's got one interest. He's going to do whatever it takes to set you free from yourself and make you look like Jesus. Where anything can come against you like everything came against Jesus and he could stand and endure. He's gonna set you free and he's gonna make you like Jesus and he's willing like a good dad to discipline us and to train us and even to use hard things that hurt for a greater good. We have to fight to believe that God is good. So one other aspect I just want to say real quick about God's goodness is we have to fight to believe this too. Look at this. Romans 5, 15 5 says this. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement. Did you, did you see that? So when you feel like I can't do it anymore, I can't handle it. What do you what do? You, what do, you do? according to this verse. You go to God, and God goes, I'll give it to you. See, that's how gracious our God is, you guys. He's not up there saying, come on, suck it up and be stronger, you know? He's not Rutledge over there with a, to the, with a time slap, you know, ready to slap you upside the head if you don't get it. He's like, hey, listen, I actually created you to need me. And so when you can't do it, you know, people love to say that phrase, like, God will never give you anything more than you can handle. You ever heard that one? <laughs> Lie from the pit of hell. Make sure you're really careful. Don't ever sell anybody that. I think God loves to give you stuff you can't handle. Because then what do you do? You go to God. Because if you can handle it, then you're going to handle it. And you go, oh, God, I'm good. <laughs> oh, man, he loves to do this. Because then he'll give it to you. Look at this verse, Colossians 1.11 we also pray that you will be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience. See, God can strengthen us with all power according to his glorious might. You guys, we have to fight to believe God is good and he can give me the endurance that I need. Okay? That's the first thing we gotta fight to believe. Here's the second thing we gotta fight to believe. We gotta fight to believe that endurance actually produces goodness. This, these, these sufferings and trials and hardships actually produce something, they're actually doing something, producing something, and it's goodness. Look at this: Hebrews 12:11. No discipline seems pleasant at the time but painful, which we just talked about. Later on, however, it produces goodness a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Hardship and hanging in there with endurance actually produces within you a harvest of righteousness and peace. And you guys, every athlete in this room knows that. Every one of us knows that. You had to go through incredible, if you were any good at all, You had to go through incredible suffering, hardship. You had to get in shape. You had to do drills over and over and over again. I've seen it even in my son. I think Caleb's in here somewhere. Caleb's skateboarding. And I just see him in the backyard going over and over and over and over and falling and crashing and hitting. And I'm just like, and he just keeps going. It's painful. And then all of a sudden what happens? You get it. And then you can do it. And now what are you? You're free and you can enjoy it. Hardship in our life, if you endure, it actually produces a harvest of righteousness, which means you'll actually have an ability that you don't possess right now to do things right that you couldn't do right now. Romans 5, look at this one. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Every time I used to read that, I'm like, you might. (laughs) I'm serious. I, I am not, I'll, be, I'm gonna, I'll just be vulnerable with you guys. You know, some people say, man, life is hard. and It's like, praise the Lord. I'm like, God. I'm not, I, I have to fight. I know this fight. But rejoice in your sufferings. Why? Because we know that suffering produces endurance. And then endurance produces character. And character produces hope. You know, all of us who've been overseas, whether you've been to Eswatini or Honduras, and you see these people and you hang out with them and they have absolutely nothing. They have suffered like you and I have no idea of what it's like to suffer. And then you know what happens? Hardship comes and they're okay. How can they be, how can they be joyful in the, in the state that they're in? Why? Because they've in suffered and it's, it, it's actually produced an endurance in them that Americans don't have. We don't have that. What? The stock market went down a little bit. Right? We freak out. We, we, I mean, we immediately can't handle stuff when things happen because we haven't suffered. Suffering around the world has produced an endurance, and endurance actually gives you a character, a testedness. And so we have to fight to believe that when hard things are happening in our life, this is actually going to produce something good in me. Last one, James 1, 2, and 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials. There it is again. Consider it pure joy. Oh, this is so great. My life's falling apart. Everyone's against me. It's wonderful. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know. Do you know? Do you know when hardship and testing is happening, that that testing of your faith is producing Perseverance—it's the same word as endurance in the Greek. Same word. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, and lack nothing. You guys, those three verses I just gave you—Hebrews twelve eleven, Romans five three and four, James one two and four—I have memorized those. I know those like this. You know why? When I've, because when I've—you know You know why? Because you know I followed Jesus. And if you follow Jesus, you know what's going to happen? You're going to suffer. And hardship's going to happen. And things are not going to go the way you want them to go. Has anybody read the Bible? Any, any story in the Bible ever go the way the guys thought it was going to go? Never. If you follow him, these things are going to happen. And when they happen, do you know that this is producing a harvest of righteousness and peace? This is producing maturity and completeness where I'm not gonna lack anything. This is producing character and hope. Man, it sure doesn't feel like it when you're in it. You gotta hang to it and believe it. And here's the last one. The other fight. Fight to believe in the goodness of God. Fight to believe that these things are producing goodness. And then you gotta fight to believe in the goodness that others bring you. Now this was interesting because I just know this personally from my life. When I'm in the darkest seasons of my life, I'm I'm like everybody else. I just I don't want to hang out with you. <laughs> I don't want to be around people either. I just want to hunker down. It's it's the it's the it's the way of the enemy. It is people in my life who have reached out to me and have encouraged me. There is a goodness that we need in each other. So then, as I'm looking up every time this word is used in scripture, it's right here. Look at this, 2 Corinthians 1.6. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort. Look at this. Which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. You guys, this is is such an important aspect of the church. It is why you cannot do faith alone. I I, I tell people, everybody goes, well, faith's private. It's private. No, it's not. I'm just going to tell you, I say this all the time. Your faith is not private. If it's private, it's not faith in Jesus. Did I just say that? Yes. And I'm going to say it again. Here's why. Because faith in Jesus is always about love. How can your faith be private when everything he says your faith is supposed to produce is love and care for each other? If you're not doing this, then you're really not walking with Jesus. His one command was love each other as I've loved you. And you know why? Because somebody in your life is going through hardship and somebody's suffering and somebody is going through a testing of their faith. And oh, and, and what that verse tells us is when I've gone through distressing times and when I've suffered, I receive the comfort of God, and then what happens? I have that comfort, and I get comforted so I can comfort you. And then what did it say? If I comfort you, what did the verse say it does? It produces in you. And it, really, it's, I don't know why they said patient endurance. It's the same word. It produces in you endurance. I, I want to tell you right now, there's nothing... There's not much more of a painful experience, I think, than being in hardship and suffering and in trouble and then running into someone who's never tasted it. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? It's so hard to run into somebody who can't comfort you, but they have all the answers, right? (laughs) And they want to fix you, and I just want to turn tail and run. That doesn't help me. You know what helps me? is it somebody who's actually been distressed. It's somebody who's actually suffered. It's somebody who's actually lost things. It's somebody who's actually failed. It's somebody who's actually endured. And those people, Henry, Henry Nouwen has this great book called The Wounded Healer. And his whole premise of the book, it's the people who have suffered are those who can help those who are suffering. So can I just encourage you, just know that's the other beautiful thing about going through something. God's never going to take you through something just for yourself. He's also going to make you a beautiful comforter to somebody else. And I just want to say, if you're not, if you're running this race alone, you guys, please, please hear me as straight as I can say it. This is not a solo run. This is a team. You know, today, right outside, as soon as we're done with the service, we have, we have a bunch of Life Together groups. This is how we do it, right? Because I'm just telling you right now, it is so easy. You can come here to a service, and you can walk right out of these doors and, no, and never be known and never be connected and never have the support and never be the support. And if we're followers of Jesus, please, I, I, this isn't my idea. He said love each other. How, how, how do we love each other unless we're like this with each other, right? So I just want to encourage you with all my being. If you need comfort and hope and encouragement because you're going through it, then sign up out there. And if you're not, but you know you could be a comforter, then sign up out there. Man, the reason we join a Life Together group is not just for what we can get, it's for what we can give. We need to believe in the goodness of others and what they bring to us. Those are our fights. I just want to tell you guys, if we'll know, like the scripture said, that God's good, if we'll know and believe with all of our heart, I can't see it right now, but this is producing something beautiful if I'll hang on till the end. And if we'll believe in the goodness that we can give to each other, we'll endure and if you endure, you win. And you see beautiful things. Here's the last one. We have to fight to believe in the enduring love of Christ. We gotta to fight to believe in the enduring love of Christ. So we're gonna take communion together, right? Did you guys all get a little communion cup? And if you did not get one, would you go ahead and raise your hand and we'll, we'll make sure that you, that you got one. Um, I know somebody who didn't get one. I didn't get one, so... Thank you. Okay. Okay, this scripture up on the screen, y'all, just, just look at this, read this as I, as I go through it together. Hebrews 12. Let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this, okay? So here it is right here. How do, how do I run? How do I endure? We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. You keep your eyes on Jesus, the champion. This is the New Living Translation. The champion, I love that, who initiates and perfects our faith. Guys, Jesus is the one. This is so great. I love where Paul says, I want you guys to know something. I want you to know the grace that God poured out on me abundantly, listen, along with the faith and the love that are in Christ Jesus. God wants, again, he'll give you endurance. He'll empower with you with strength. He will actually pour into you abundantly grace and faith. If you don't have the faith right now, to hang on. God can give you the faith and the love that are in Christ Jesus. So we keep our eyes on Jesus because he's the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And now he is, Jesus Christ is seated in the place of honor right now today, beside God's throne. Consider him, which means think about him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. The way we don't grow weary and the way we don't lose heart, in view of God's mercy, in view of God's mercy, we fix our eyes on Jesus and we go, he endured the cross on my behalf. So go ahead and take that little top layer off. And Jesus said, I want you to remember my body broken for you. Broken for you. My body that endured the cross for you. And you know why he says, why I want you to remember this? Because the only reason I did that is because I love you. I love you so much. I would lay down my life for you. I would take all of your sin upon me. I would take your punishment so you never have to be punished. I will forgive you completely. You don't have to do one thing, but believe in me. Put your trust in me. And if you've done that, then remember this. Remember, my life was given for you. And I just want to say, when I'm taking communion lately, I'm remembering his body didn't just die. His body rose again. His body. Remember my body. That body rose again. It is right now at the right hand of God to help you, to live inside you, as the scripture said, so that we can have Christ's endurance. Let's take and eat and remember the body of Christ broken for us. And then here's the blood shed thank you Jesus for every time I quit thank you God for every time I stopped enduring thank you that every time I went to something else instead of you and I worshipped other things in the world to see if they could help me get through this thank you God for every addiction that captured me Thank you, Jesus, that you died to forgive me for every time I turned away from you. You guys, remember this. That's why I said, hey, remember, I want us to watch him. I died for all of them, every time. And I cleanse you, the blood of Christ cleanses us from all unrighteousness, you guys. If you're walking okay with Jesus, you know why? Because he's cleansed you. Celebrate the fact that you are forgiven of all of your sin, and take it and let it cleanse you one more time so you can have his perseverance moving forward. Let's drink in remembrance of Christ's blood shed for us. Father in heaven, Jesus, thanks so much for coming down here, for walking this planet, for suffering, for going through hardship, for being persecuted, for being rejected, being crucified, for dying. You know what it is to go through trouble, but you made it all the way to the end. God, give us the spirit of Christ today. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Help us to endure hardship in light of what he's done for us. And may you transform us as we do. May you produce beautiful things as you strengthen us with your power to hold on and fight to believe. I pray, God, for that grace over every person in here in Jesus' name.